You've tuned in to Talking Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast hosted by hockey superfans Ryan Hunt and Reese Martin. Come by every week to hear the best mates with the hottest takes for your Calgary Flames. Hello and welcome to Talking Flames, a hockey podcast covering everything you need to know about your Calgary Flames. I'm your host, Ryan Hunt. And I'm Reese Martin. Man, it has been it has been quite a week for the two of us. How's your week been, bro? Oh, it's been absolutely insane. I'm so busy with schoolwork right now. What are you doing? Oh, lab reports, research essays, midterms, stuff like that. Just the usual. Um, yeah, bro. My week has been pretty crazy too. I haven't really been posting about it on social media too much, but um, I finally uh, managed to secure my first radio gig. I'm gonna be moving to Edmonton at the end of the month to work at CFWE. I'm super, super excited for that one. Apparently, the whole office, they're full of Oilers fans, and I'm not looking forward to that one at all, one single bit. (laughs) And my new boss, he's a diehard Oilers fan, and I'm like, oh, God. Hopefully, I don't get fired on the first day. Anyway, so we got quite a bit on our plates to talk about. Um... We're uploading this on Tuesday instead of the normal Monday because Reese has been so smacked with uh, schoolwork. Um, So we added a game onto our schedule. So we're going to be talking about um, in brief succession here because Mr. Schoolwork here has to get going and work on some schoolwork until like five in the morning. But um, so we're going to be talking about the the L.A. game, um, the Tampa game, Florida and the Philadelphia Flyers game that just concluded a few hours ago while we're recording this. So back to the LA game. Um, it was a 6-5 to five win in overtime. No, not overtime. No, it was saying. regulation, yeah. Yeah, it was regulation. Almost went to overtime. But um, kind of a sloppy game. Um, Markstrom didn't really have a good game. But... Uh, the offense came out flying, and we managed to to win that one. Yeah, and I guess it was important to note that it was uh, Hubert Doe's first game back, and he did lead off the scoring with a goal in the first period. So That was amazing to see. That made me so happy. So uh, after the first period, uh, the Flames were leading 4-2, and then after the second, they were leading 6-3, to and at this point, I think we would have hoped that they would have had this one on the bag, but... Uh, the Kings made a, a late push into the third and uh, brought it up to 6-5 to five with less than two minutes remaining. But thankfully, we were able to hold on and secure the victory on that one. Okay. Um, who were the Flames that hit the score sheet again? Uh, well, Hubert Ozzy mentioned. Uh, Mangiapane, Richie, Toffoli, Lindholm, Rusika, and that was it. Nice. Well, it's it's um it's good to see that there are players all over the lineup scoring goals. It wasn't just like one guy scoring a hat trick or anything like that. It's good to see that there's lots of players on the score sheet. Um and that that game kind of made me think back on um game 1 against the Oilers in the playoffs last year. Like it was they won that game 9 to 5, right? I think that was, was that was the final score, was it 9 to 6? 9 to 6, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and everyone says like in that series, like, oh, the Flames only played one good game and, and stuff like that. And really, like the first game, like you know, the Oilers had Markstrom's number, but the offense was just high flying. That's the only reason why we won that game. Like, mm-hmm. the, it's it's unheard of 
for a goalie to let in like five plus goals and have their team win. So that game kind of like fits in that category too. It's like they shouldn't have in, in most universes, they wouldn't have won that game, but it's a good thing. You know, everyone came to show up that night. That game against the Kings is a good example of outscoring your problems. It's not going to get you wins yes. every single night, but it certainly doesn't hurt to have, you know, a game with a great offensive burst like that one. So that's all I had to say about exactly. that. And I yeah. guess uh, we did have a power play goal in that game. Uh, what? Flames power play goal? That's impossible. <laughs> okay. I mean, actually, I think a little bit of foreshadowing here. I think you might be a little happy with the Flames power play in the past week. It's definitely been a lot better okay. than before. But. Okay. I totally don't know what you're saying. But let's move on to the Tampa game. So the Flames go down to Florida. They face the Tampa Bay Lightning. And yeah, <laughs> didn't really go all that well. Yeah, I think all in all, just uh, the team came out a little flat from the beginning. Uh, Stamkos opened up the scoring just over halfway through the first. Uh, Kucherov scored at the end of the second. Uh, so we're down 2-0 at that point. Kadri does get a goal about five minutes into the third, but uh, Philip Myers puts him up 3-1, and then Kucherov gets the empty netter, and that seals the deal on that one. See, I got Kucherov on my fantasy team, so for me personally, that was a good game. The Flames fan me, not so much. <laughs> Um, it was a tough game to lose, um, especially on the road and like, ugh, you know, the lightning wore their, um, reverse retro jerseys and everyone is talking about like, you know, how, how great they are. And honestly, I, ugh, I don't really see it all that well, but who are these people that are talking about how great that jersey is? I don't think I've even encountered a single person who actually liked that jersey. I think really it would be decent. If you were to take away the sleeves, like I really have no clue what they've got going on with the sleeves there. It's that is true. That's a, it's a big head scratcher. Yeah. The thing that kind of throws me off, though, is uh, the font on the back of the jerseys. There's just that also it's cool, it, yeah. but it, there, it, it's just a little too much going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I think that it's just a bit too detailed. It's a cool concept, but I don't think it should have actually went through. But anyway, yeah. So. It was a tough game to lose on the road, um, especially, you know, if the Flames are going to be seen as contenders, you know, the Lightning are up there too, and that's a game you got to kind of, you know, match up with your opponent well in, and that just wasn't really their night. So, and then moving on two days later to Florida, that one, I I had to work during that game. It really sucks because I really wanted to watch it. Um, you know, Flames playing against Kachuk for the first time, a homecoming for Huberdeau and Uyghur, like that game was looking good right from the get-go. Yeah, I think it was really cool to see the the real nice tributes that the Panthers arranged for Huberdeau and Uyghur. I think that was a very nice gesture for guys who had given them some good quality years of service. Exactly, exactly. So this game, yeah, this game was loaded from top to bottom. So what happened? Uh, so... Uh, Rijika uh, opened up the scoring uh, near the end of the first as Adorov potted his fourth of the season to open up the second. Uh, then for the Panthers, Colin White and, S and Sam Reinhardt scored, tied up. Uh, Rijika scored again. 
at the, the Flames ahead. And then it was a, a goal by the Panthers. Uh, Coleman got his second of the year. Yay. And, of course, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Kachuk scored uh, to tie us up and to send us to overtime. Talk about a, a perfect storyline there. And, of course, uh, we went through overtime. Uh, of course, no one scored. We went uh, to the shootout then, and I think it got five rounds deep, if I'm not mistaken. And then Rasmus Anderson uh, came in and scored the winner. Can we talk about, though, that um, in the shootout, that save uh, Markstrom made on Kachuk, and when, when he when he saved it in his glove, he just held it up and stared at him. That just that made my freaking week, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that game was was really great. Um, once again, I ugh, I wanted to catch it so bad, but my work schedule got changed, and I'm mad about. I'm still mad about it. But um, really good game for the Flames. Absolutely, I think uh, we have to note that the Flames did get a power play goal in that game. They also got one uh, in the game versus the Lightning. Some other, I guess, things that kind of stood out to me is uh, they outplayed the Panthers like on the physical level, like really well, like they had 33 hits to the Panthers, 17 hits. Uh, they also had more blocks than the Panthers had, and they doubled them up on how many takeaways of the puck they had. So I think all in all, uh, a really solid game for the Flames. I mean, obviously uh, having to go to overtime in a shootout is never ideal, but definitely something that uh, we can be happy with on that front. Yeah, and it's nice to see that the power play is finally getting things moving along. Mm -hmm. Two goals in those two games came straight from the power play. That's a lot of fun to see. And I guess uh, something also to note is the penalty kill has, interestingly enough, not quite been as good as it has been in the previous weeks. Like, I mean, any of the games where the Flames got a power play goal, they also had uh, a goal scored against them on the penalty kill, so... I just saw that was a soul for a soul. Yeah. And I guess kind of in general now, like kind of as we're out of the first kind of month and a half of the season, uh, overall, like penalties taken are starting to go down quite a bit. Like no more of those like ridiculous six, seven, eight penalty games. Like they're kind of hovering around two or three per game per team, which is obviously, you know, a lot better than constantly being on the power play of penalty kill. So, yeah. That, that Panthers game was very fun to see. And then we move to um, the Flames going to, to Philadelphia, to Philly. They played against the Flyers um, in a game that, yeah, they definitely should have won. And boy, did they ever win. <laughs> so, yeah, we have Huberto opening up the scoring uh, five minutes into the first. Then we have Dubé getting his second of the year. Uh, the Flyers get one. Uh, three quarters of the way to the first. Uh, Anderson has the lone goal near the end of the second uh, to put us up three to one. And uh, the Flyers put one back to get it three to two. And then uh, we have Coleman and Lewis to close out the third. Yeah, those uh, Coleman and Lewis goals were both empty netters, actually. Which kind of puzzled me. I don't know why um, Tortorella would keep that net empty after um, Coleman scored that first empty netter. So, yeah, I don't know. Puzzled me a little bit, but it is what it is. I guess something else to note here. Uh, 
we did have two power plays in this game. Uh, no goals were scored, so that breaks the streak of having a power play goal in, I believe, the last four straight games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I was looking at reports from this game, and I think uh, the Flyers had uh, three power plays. They did, And yeah. they were all killed off. Yeah, they were all so, killed off. So... Man, can we have a game where the Flames score a power play goal and kill off all of their penalties? Probably not. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I know. Um, Markstrom played a pretty good game. Um, there were a few ones um, that he let in that weren't really that good. Um, one of the goals, I think it was uh, Farabee's goal, um, was a nasty, nasty turnover by... <sighs> Oh, man, I think it was Manji Apani. Uh, don't take my word for that, but it was a terrible turnover and it turned into something nasty. Um, and honestly, even the other goal, I, I shouldn't really say, I guess, Markstrom should have had these. But um, the other the first goal that the Flyers scored was it was a tough tip in. So honestly, um, Markstrom played a pretty good game. You love to see it, which um, leads me to something that I've been thinking about these past, uh, what, four games. Um, you remember like earlier on in the year when uh, Daryl Sutter said, oh, y'all of the door will get um, one start a week. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened to that? <laughs> Honestly, like I know um, I I might have been last episode. I honestly can't remember. I. I kind of criticized, I don't know if I should be cr criticizing Daryl Sutter, but I was kind of questioning, like, you know, you know, give Markstrom a bit of a break here. I think he kind of deserves it. And even on this four game, um, on this four game stretch that we've reported, Markstrom started all of them. And honestly, I think maybe Vladar should have started tonight against the Flyers. In my opinion, I think that would have worked. But, I mean, another reason why Markstrom starting all these games is Sutter's way of saying, like, you know, you'll get good by playing more. And, I mean, it's kind of working. Like, um, before, before the Flyers game here, um, I had the thought that Jacob Markstrom seems to have um, Mike Smith syndrome. He like, he, you know, he plays a solid game or a fairly solid game, you know, making good saves and then just lets in a terrible one or even two that ends up like killing your team's hope of winning. Um, that, that didn't happen, um, in the Philly game, in the Florida game. Um, God, I can't remember the highlights too much, but I think it happened there, but especially in the LA Kings game, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> please man please make a save um and when it comes to being a goalie like one of your biggest parts of your game is confidence and having your confidence shaken up like that especially like in high scoring games like you know the king's game the panthers game it sucks it hurts your confidence but honestly after a game like tonight um markstrom should bow his head because he played a pretty good game yeah, I guess uh, a quick question for you here. So uh, we've played yeah. 18 games so far this year. Like, give me a guess. How many games has each goalie started? Oh, geez. <laughs> you think I pay attention to this? 
Um, I think Vladar has only started like two games this season. Um, uh, not quite. He started four games this year. Four? Really? Yeah, oh four wow. Games. Oh wait, no, you're totally right. Okay, yeah, it's starting to come back to me a little bit. I mean, you know, out of eighteen games, like that number should be a little bit higher, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, his stats haven't been particularly great this year. Like, he's only won one of those four games. He's got an eight eighty one save percentage and a three point three three goals against average, which are like really not great at all. And kind I mean, eek. I mean, like Markstrom's like. I mean, he has seven wins, four losses, but his save percentage is only eight, eight seven, and his goals against average is three point one one. So I mean, for a guy who was second in Bezina voting last year, and I think by this point the Flames had like something like five shutouts by this point in the year last year. So and now they have zero so far this year. So I mean, mm-hmm. the goaltending definitely has not been like what it was last year by any stretch. And I mean, obviously the team's mediocre start to the year can't entirely be blamed upon the goaltending. And it's certainly not, not entirely. the goaltender's fault that, you know, these games are not going the way they planned. But. And another thing, like you, you bring up Markstrom being a uh, Vezina candidate. Um, it seems to be a common thing nowadays is that a goalie, when a goalie absolutely pops off in a season... Next season, their stats usually drop off. Like, I think a prime example, like, look at Yusei Soros. He played, like, he was on God mode last year. And this season, he's, like, he's mediocre at best. Um, And Markstrom kind of fits into that glove, too. He, he, play, he had a great season last season. And this season, it's definitely a bit of a drop-off. And even, like, you could throw a guy like Shesterkin into that conversation, too. You know, once again, probably played more God mode than uh, Soros did last season. And this season, he's definitely, it was not that narrow of a drop-off, but still a drop-off. So, um, I think we should have all expected uh, Markstrom to drop off a little bit this year. But to say that he's like a garbage goaltender or something like that is is blasphemy. No, I agree. I think you raised some great points there. Like, I mean, we are only a quarter of the way into the season. And you look at it like... Shostakov won the Vezina last year. Marshman finished second. Saros finished third. All three of those goaltenders, especially compared to what they put up last year, are not necessarily playing up to that standard. I think that's like a fairly common thing you see nowadays. Not necessarily goaltenders taking steep drop-offs after having good years, but I think teams kind of figure them out a little bit after like you know they really pop onto the scene and finish high in Vezina voting. So. I think you can kind of, I guess, consider the kind of the drop off those top three goalies from last year have had. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, I ha- I definitely haven't watched Saros or Shesterkin uh, too closely this season, but at least with Markstrom, you know, he still has the flashes of what he had last season. Like even in this Philly game, he made an amazing save to keep the game um, to keep the game from getting tied up. So. Absolutely insane stuff there. Um, And like, yeah, like he has his moments where, you know, he makes these amazing saves. Like um, that one game we watched, it was against, uh, oh, it was the Jets last week when he had a windmill save. Like, oh my God. And then there's some nights where he can't stop a beach ball. 
And he, he even went on, um, he was on live TV, Jacob Markstrom, and he said that he has to be better. And to say that about yourself, especially like in front of the press, it you know, it takes guts. So he knows what he has to do. And he has that mindset probably drilled into his head by Daryl. So honestly, like I, I don't, I'm not worrying about Markstrom at all here. Um, you know, there's still so much more of the season to go. Um, so I'm not worried at all. Yeah, no, I think you raised some great points there. I mean, like Marshall's a veteran guy, right? He's 33 now. He's been in the league for almost 10 years now. Like, I think going back to one of the points you raised earlier, like goaltending is such a, a very mental, uh, mentality focused game where like, it's like the goaltender's performance from one game to the next. It can really come down to like, what happened in the last game? Like, you know, how are they feeling coming out of that? So I think that's certainly something to keep in mind. And I think Marston's definitely feeling like after the playoffs last year, second round versus the Oilers, I think that definitely did uh, a lot to hurt his confidence, I would say. so. Yeah, and that's probably the reason why he kind of came out of the gate this season a little shaky. But, you know, you and... You know, like I was kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm criticizing Daryl because I feel like he's going to find me. But um, <laughs> honestly, I, I think, you know, we, we can say like, oh, he should be starting Vladar more. But, you know, honestly, I think it's a good thing that he keeps giving Jacob Markstrom these starts because he's, you know, he's forcing him out there to get his confidence back up to start, you know, boosting up his game. And honestly, for um, in the short term, yes, it may hurt the team. But in the long term, you know, it helps Markstrom develop his game, develop his mentality. And he's become a better goaltender. And if he becomes a better goaltender, this team is going to become a lot better themselves too. So um, hopefully we see a Vladar start um, soon here. But, you know, Markstrom, I think he's on pace to have a great season. No, I agree. And I think, I guess, just kind of wrapping up uh, the last week of action here, uh, some key takeaways from me, I think, were, I mean, obviously we talked about the power play has been a lot better. We've been taking less penalties. Uh, with the exception of, like, the Flyers game tonight, uh, we've always been out hitting uh, the opponents in each game, uh, usually by, like, a fairly decent margin. Uh, and the giveaways are also way down. Like, I think uh, in each of the last, yeah, in all four games we played this week, uh, with the exception of the Kings game, actually, uh, we had, like, almost half of the giveaways that uh, the opposing team had. Like, these past two games against the Flyers and Panthers have been, like, really, really good in terms of not giving the pack away. So, I think those are obviously some really encouraging signs to see. So, hopefully we can continue on with that. And another thing about the Flyers game, especially like, you know, they did have that terrible giveaway that led to Farabee scoring. Um, But the goals that Huberdo and Dubé put away were actually odd man rushes. It was a two on one. And honestly, Huberdo and Dubé actually scored in almost the exact same way. Like, you know, they had a guy coming up on their opposite wing, but they didn't bother to pass and they just ended up roofing it on Carter Hart. So it was pretty sick, and actually that kind of like segues into my next point, 
is, oh my goodness, Jonathan Huberdeau is here. And I am loving it. You know, he he he's found the score sheet twice already in these games against the Kings and against the Flyers. And he's been playing very well, getting a lot of scoring chances. And even, I think, in the game against the Lightning, he's gotten chippy. He's been getting in... Um, getting in scrums and everything it's just oh my god I, I'm, I'm in love i love it he did and he also had an assist in that game so ever since he got back uh from injury versus the kings he's had three points in four games and i guess most notably he's been uh spending that time on the third line with backland and coleman so i guess mm, certainly not yes. the place in the lineup we all envisioned him playing at the beginning of the season but he has looked a lot better since coming back from that injury so i remember seeing um it was a report don't really even know how true it is but um there have been reports saying that huberdo um was hurt right from the season start which you know it could factor into a slow start to the season i don't really know but all that we do know is that ever since he returned from injury his first game back being the la kings game last monday he has looked absolutely fantastic. And then, um, speaking of the line changes, that segues into my third thought is how well Adam Ruzichka has benefited from this. And he he's had, like, some insane stat of, like, eight points in the past seven games. Like, what? Yeah, so, as you said, he's had eight points in his last seven games. Since being promoted to the first line, I believe that was in the Jets game. I think he's had like, what is it, like six points in those five games. Uh, I know at least in the last week uh, since the Kings game, he's had five points in four games. So, I mean, a guy who came out of camp uh, wasn't necessarily certain what his place in the lineup was going to be. But, you know, due to Huberdeau's struggles and injury, uh, it seems like he's found a perfect place up there on the first line with Lindholm and Defoli. And I guess as a result of how well Ruzicka has been playing. Uh, Lindholm has also uh, picked up his game quite significantly. Uh, he's actually leading the Flames in scoring now with uh, 16 points in 17 games. So definitely something you'd like to see. And something also interesting, uh, like uh, Ruzicka has played 10 less games than pretty much everyone on the team except for Huberdeau, but he's sixth in scoring right now. <laughs> with his eight points wow that's crazy now honestly do you do you see these um these lines being a long-term thing i don't know i i can't really see huberto staying on the third line the entire year like i think obviously as we've seen the fit hasn't been great in the top six to begin with but like i think a guy like Huberdeau's got to find his way into the top six uh, for at least the vast majority of the year because he's supposed to be like, you know, the go-to guy on offense. So, I mean, yeah. you can't put him back in there with how well Rizicka is playing right now. Like, I think uh, that spot on the first line, at least for the time being, is Rizicka's to lose. And, I mean, by the looks of things, uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to let that go anytime soon, but... I don't know. I, I guess I, I can't necessarily see these exact combinations uh, lasting for the entire year. But Oh, yeah, definitely not the entire year. 
And and like you said, that that first line position is Ruzicka's position to lose. And like what I feel like could happen is um Ruzicka will eventually kind of like um power down a little bit mm-hmm, and Huberdeau mm-hmm. will still up his game and then I I think they'll they'll probably just end up getting switched. Yeah. Um Ruzicka like down to the third line and then Huberdeau will be back up with uh Lindholm and Toffoli. And yeah, I think right now the approach from Daryl Sutter is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, I think based upon the performance in the last week, plus there's really no reason to change things around right now. No. Uh, and I guess kind of going to, uh, to the back end here, like, uh, I guess it's kind of interesting to note that as Adorov has been pay- playing on the second pairing with Uyghur, uh, I know we kind of maybe had some criticisms of how that duo was playing together. You know, it didn't seem like they had great chemistry, which is, of course, certainly understandable, but... I think the two of them have been playing a lot better uh, in the last couple of games. Uh, I guess going back to yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And of course, Tanev's down on the third pairing with Gilbert right now. Dennis Gilbert has been an absolute menace since he's been with the team. I think Guy has been in, um, Guy's been in a fight, I think, every single game on this road trip so far. If I'm not mistaken, I know for a fact he got into a fight tonight. He did, yeah. Um, and against he, the Flyers, and he fought Ryan Lomberg of the Panthers on Saturday. Yes. Uh, he didn't have a fight versus Tampa, no. Oh, and, okay. It must have been against LA. Then he had uh, a fight. He also didn't have a fight against LA. Really? Oh no, he didn't. Okay, I guess I must just I must have seen a wrong stat. But yeah, no, he he's been getting in fights, and <laughs> honestly, love to see it. Um. And it's oh, it was weird because he was he was demoted back down to the Wranglers, but yeah. like called up again in like twenty four hours, if I'm not mistaken. It yeah, was I, really I weird. That. Yeah, I mean, of course now like uh, Nick Desimone, he's been sent back down to the Wranglers, but yeah, he's back down with the Wranglers, and he actually scored a pretty sick goal with the Wranglers just the other day too. Mm-hmm. But I think that was maybe to do with like. It seemed like Stone might have been coming back in the next couple days. So, I think yeah, they, that's what we speculated it to be. Yeah, I think maybe they were just making some roster moves in anticipation of that, and obviously that didn't pan out because Stone hasn't come back yet. But God, it's a good thing that team isn't in Stockton anymore, because <laughs> poor Dennis Gilbert would would head down to Stockton and then oh, gotta go back to Calgary. Great, <laughs> so. But anyway, yeah, Dennis Gilbert has been a menace in this lineup, and it, it, it's really fun to see. And yeah, I guess uh, now would be a good time to kind of take a look at some of the standings from around the league. Uh, yeah, I actually don't know. Like, throughout that entire seven-game losing streak, I never looked at the standings at all. And usually, like, throughout the season, almost after every game, I, like, look in the standings, like, okay, where are the Flames at? You know, who's close by? Who who do we have to catch up to? And stuff like that. But during that seven-game stretch, I was just, like, not looking at it. And I haven't looked at it yet at all either. So, surprise me. So, uh, as of the current moment, uh, on the evening of uh, November 21st, uh, we are currently fourth in the Pacific uh, with 20 points. Do you want to know who is below us in the standings currently? Um, Probably probably the Oilers. Am I right? 
Your assumption would indeed be correct. Yes. How about that? Okay, man, <laughs> these these that seven game losing stretch was rough, but hey, at least we're doing better than the Oilers. It's wonderful. Um, I was just gonna say, did you hear about what happened in the Oilers game against the Devils tonight? Uh, Campbell got whacked in the face with a puck on the bench. Yeah, he did, and he's injured now. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. You, you hate to see that. That's not good. That is like that's so. <laughs> I like that. That is so rough. Like, oh my god. And and Skinner let in like a terrible, oh, terrible goal as well. So hard. I think it was yeah. Jesper Bratt. I think just Skinner just fumbled the puck right in front of the net. Uh, easy pass over. Fish and now because of that, aren't the Devils on a twelve-game heater now? They are. Yes. And two of those wins have came against the Oilers, so and the Flames, and the Flames. Yeah, the let's flames, not get too excited. Yeah, let's yeah, <laughs> mute. Point, let's I calm guess. down a little bit. Um, but yeah, geez, like hearing that news about I, I haven't actually seen what happened, but hearing that happened to Campbell, like he's on the bench, you got whacked in the nose. Like, God, yeah. I don't. Yeah, it was, can't catch a break. I think it was yeah, it was pretty close to his eyes as well. So yeah, you hate to see that, and I think. He's got stitches on it, so I mean, yeah. Who knows how long that's going to keep him out of action for? Yep, I guess Skinner is actually your starter now, because you have no choice. I mean, he started the last four games, so yeah, I think Campbell's kind of played his way out of the starter position at least for now. Got a five million, five million dollar backup. Love it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make fun of that until the day I die. I swear. I mean, all props to the Oilers. Like Skinner has been like pretty phenomenal this year. He's he's kind of cool. Oh off yeah, the last couple of games, but and he's definitely up there in Calder conversations. Absolutely, and he damn well deserves it because he's been playing great. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine where the Oilers would be without Stuart Skinner playing at this level right now? Like, God, they'd be getting the first overall pick again. Yeah, they'd be in the basement, <laughs> right where they belong. Anyway, we've been sympathizing with the Oilers too much. We hate them, so we're, we're going to stop talking about that now. And I guess kind of going back to the standings here, so right now we're sitting with the second wild card spot in the West. Uh, St. Louis, who are on a seven-game win streak after like an abysmal start to the year, uh, they're holding the first hmm. wild card spot. So yeah, I think uh, all in all, from the last week, I think we can be really happy with the results we've gotten and the direction the team's heading in. Like, Obviously, some fairly big questions looming over the team uh, in the last month, but I think based upon that sample yeah. size, I think we can we can be rest assured that things are on the mend right now, and we have a lot to be excited about. Exactly, and I mean, I talk about this. I think I've talked about this almost every episode this season, just to kind of like round together our thoughts and everything. Just remember, at the beginning of the season, I made a prediction. That the Flames would start off slow in the season. But, you know, come December, January, at latest All-Star break, the team would start to roll because, you know, they start to find chemistry with all the new guys in the room. And that's when they'll start to fly. And honestly, it's starting to kind of come true. You know, they, I mean, they, I was kind of wrong in the sense that the, they started off the season pretty hot. And then that heat tapered off very, very fast 
They went on a seven-game losing streak. And now here we are. We've won three of our past four. Actually, technically four of our past five, if you count the Jets game as well. So th the team is looking pretty well right now. We're moving into December. And honestly, if this team is going to be a playoff team, like as long as they're playing well in December, January, everything will be fine. Like if this team like did this seven game losing streak, like post all-star break. Yeah. We like, I, I wouldn't be talking like this. I'd be mad and panicking and I'd be a mess. Um, so yeah, good things are coming. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I think you raise a good point about kind of the December, January area. Like I think kind of by the end of January, like, it's usually pretty clear, like, you know, who's going to be uh, contending for a playoff spot, you know, who's going to be down, getting hard for Bedard, uh, <laughs> trying to rocket themselves to the bottom of the standings. So I think, yeah, usually kind of January-ish is kind of when you start to have a fairly good idea about, you know, who's for real this season and who's not going to be for real. And I guess yeah, exactly. uh, a correction uh, to something we said earlier the Devils' winning streak is at 13 games now, not 12. Oh my god, no way. Yeah, so I thought I'd, I thought I'd uh, just fix that one up. That is insane. Mm -hmm. They must be They must be on top of the league standings then. Uh, like, they gotta be. Nope. Boston are. Boston are 17-2 and two right now. Boston? Wow. Okay. I mean... <laughs> that is insane. They're, they're on a seven-game winning streak of their own, so... Yeah. Well, we bring up all these good teams, and you brought up Bedard earlier, too. What teams do you think are going to be getting hard for Bedard here? I mean, I think the most obvious one early in the season is the Anaheim Ducks, who haven't even got a regulation win so far. Uh, <laughs> they've got five overtime wins in 19 games so far. Uh They've only got 11 points on the year, so yeah, it's things are not looking good. I mean, to be honest, at all, seeing him, Connor Bedard, on a line with Trevor Zegras and McTavish, and, and and Mason McTavish. Oh my god, yeah, that oof, that's scary right there. Uh, currently also looking like they're uh tanking as the Ottawa Senators. I guess, to a lot of people's dismay. Uh, they only have 13 points in 18 games. Uh, Buffalo, uh, currently on an eight-game losing streak after starting out the year. Yep, that's the Buffalo really Sabres hot. we all know and love. Yeah, they're, they've had a massive slide, obviously. Uh, and I guess kind of expected teams like uh, the Coyotes, the Blackhawks, Columbus, San Jose. I guess you can also throw Vancouver down there. Uh, Philadelphia have also cooled off quite a lot. After their surprisingly good start to the year, so I yeah, think, I think yeah, they were they were the last um, undefeated team in the league, weren't they? The Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, is it? Or was it the Blues? No. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, I I have a feeling it was the Flyers. But anyway, yeah, they've cooled down massively as well. So yeah, I think kind of, I guess a lot of those teams we expected to be near the bottom of the league to start the year, all of them, with the exception, I guess, of Anaheim seem to have like fairly good starts to the year but you know as kind of time goes on things kind of normalize out a bit and yeah we have seen those teams we didn't expect to see do so well uh 
kind of migrate toward the bottom of the league. Uh, I guess still shocking is that New Jersey are 16 and three and Boston are 17 and two. Like, I think I predicted both of those teams to miss the playoffs. Uh, I guess New Jersey, understandable why. Uh, of course, Boston, because, you know, it's they just seemed like the likely team that would struggle out of the gate with injuries to McAvoy and Marshan. But clearly yeah. that, was, that was completely wrong based upon how things have gone so far. So That's the beauty of sports. It is damn near impossible to predict anything. And that's why I get so mad when fellow Flames faithful are like, yeah, this team's going to do terrible after going on a seven-game losing streak in early November. We like, chill, man. Like, calm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. And I guess kind of as we wrap up here, uh, looking ahead to the next week, uh, we're in Pittsburgh uh, on Wednesday uh, to play against the Penguins. Uh, I think they're on a three-game win streak right now, so they've kind of rescued their season after they had like a six or seven-game losing streak there. Uh getting back a couple of weeks. So pretty much in the same position as the Flames, they're kind of recouping themselves after going on a massive losing streak. Yeah, like started out hot, had some struggles, but they're pulling it back now. Uh, then on Friday, we're in Washington uh, facing the Capitals, who have definitely been struggling to start out the year. They've only got 17 points in 20 games so far this year. Uh, they're definitely missing Backstrom. Uh Certainly Ovi is. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And then uh, on Saturday, we're in Carolina uh, to play the Hurricanes. So certainly some uh, very meaningful, important games against some uh, Metro Division teams. So we'll have those to look Give me forward a good to. road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that'll about wrap up everything. So, I mean, I guess a quick little tiny recap of what we did. Um, or I should say what the Flames did. Um, so a 6-5 to five win against the LA Kings last week, last Monday. Um, then the team hits the road. They head down to Tampa. They lose 4-1. to one, And then they go down to Florida, win 5-4, to four, going all the way to the fifth round of shootout where Markstrom played amazing. And then they headed over to Philly, and Markstrom played a really good game once again. And the Flames won 5-2. to two. And yeah, they're continuing this big road trip. And I mean, personally, I'm looking forward to that game against Carolina on Saturday. That is, I think like if the Flames want to get themselves up to a level of contention again, or at least seen on a level of contention, they got to win that game and play a good game of hockey because Carolina, they are... I mean, they're a cup favorite. They're stacked. But, yeah, that'll about wrap it up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will come back next Monday. Um, I mean, if if anything else happens, follow the Instagram at Talking Flames Pod. We'll post any updates to any episodes going on there. And also game score updates and, and everything like that. And be sure to also follow us on um, Spotify here. Um, hit that little notification bell so you know when every episode goes up, which is Monday at 8 o'clock. Um, if, if we have to upload on another day, it'll be at 8 a.m. every single day. So, yeah, any final thoughts for you, my friend? Uh, I guess uh, Ben Haggins 
stop harassing us in our DMs on Instagram. Oh my god, that's I'm not getting tolerated. Sick okay. of it. Yeah. I mean, hey, when I posted the update today, being Monday, when I said like like oh man, you know, today's um episode's gonna be delayed, he texted the podcast and said, I am literally counting the seconds until it releases. I know. He's he's secretly so, he's a he's he's our number one fan of this podcast, so I guess we could go. Kind of he's our only that. fan right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only fans? What? Yeah, I know. I kind of realized that after I said that. Anyway, we're, there's going to be no talking flames only fans ever. I don't think I ever want to see that. At least not right now. Yeah, not right now. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe if if this doesn't work for us, we'll 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 move over to OnlyFans and do feet picks or something. Something like that. Yeah. Does that I sound mean, good? That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? The dough. Who, who knows what's going to happen? A little bit of uh, <laughs> income diversification. Exactly. So yeah, Ben, stop stop harassing us in the DMs. But I mean, hey, if you got some nice things to say, definitely do say them. But if you're gonna talk about the Oilers, you can you can f right off. Alrighty, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next Monday. Peace.